0: because I was struggling with my mask. When I did the welcome, I forgot to introduce myself and uh, everybody else. So while I get set up here, if you are joining us for the first time or uh, have begun joining us more recently, I'm Amelia Richardson-Dress. I am one of the pastors here. I'm the Minister for Community Faith Formation. um, And I'm thrilled to be in worship with you all and uh, my colleague, Reverend Sarah Varasco, and our music team and the choir that is back today. It is good to be here. I have been noticing uh, recently all of this writing that's coming about, uh, about trees. Uh, there's been just a lot about our relationship with nature, um, and particularly the lessons that we can learn uh, by sitting with trees. It reminded me of an older quote uh, that said that trees are sanctuaries and when we have learned to listen to trees that is home that is happiness and then i was in the store and i saw one of those greeting cards that has um, advice from different animals or plants and this one was attributed to Joanna Raptus, who had advice from a tree. And the list was stay grounded, connect with your roots, turn over a new leaf, bend before you break, and keep growing. The ways that we think about trees um, and all of this wisdom that they offer to us was really on my mind when I saw the card because today we have this scripture that uses this imagery of a tree and it uses it especially to explore this question of happiness that we heard in the first quote. So we are turning this morning to Psalm 1. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees, planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In everything they do they prosper. The wicked are not so they are like chaff that the wind drives away therefore the wicked won't be able to stand in the judgment or the sinners in the congregation of the righteous but god watches over the righteous and the ways that the wicked go will end one of the first things that uh, many people learn about the book of the psalms is that it's the book of the bible that's right in the middle if you open your bible right to the middle you will almost always land in psalms if you get a little off center you'll hit proverbs and then you get to switch back a little bit and then the next thing that we learn about the book of psalms is that it's a book of sung prayers it's something like our hymnal, which is why in many Jewish and Christian traditions we still sing the psalms, primarily. When we think about how psalms functions as something like a hymnal, it's interesting to hear the way that it opens, because this book of songs doesn't open with a song at all. If you look in our hymnals, the very first thing you find is an introduction, and it talks about how the book was written, and then there is a hymn. If you look at the New Century hymnal, you get a few orders for service, which makes sense, because that's how we're going to use the hymns, and then you get a song. And so we think that this psalm might have been something like that introduction but rather than telling us how the book of Psalms came to be written it leads off with an instruction for life it's like somebody was saying when they put together these Psalms what you do with your life isn't limited to what you are singing or what you are praying all of these words that are going to follow, all of these songs you're going to find in these beautiful prayers need to sink in. They need to permeate and cultivate, maybe to stick with that nature metaphor. It's like they're saying it's not enough to think about God from time to time, no matter how beautifully you do it. We need to start by living well. The question of living well rests particularly uh, timely right now. It's a theme that comes up when we celebrate Memorial Day, as those of us in the U.S. think about and honor those who died in military service, and maybe that prompts us to wonder what does it mean to live well but we think of it too with graduations we think of it as we see young people going out into the world and wondering what kind of life they will create what are the hopes and the dreams and the questions that they will take with them and what answers might they find? The psalmist in Psalm 1 when we read it talks about this is happiness, which is interesting uh, because humans are notoriously bad at predicting what will make them happy. What we find is that we are often disappointed when we get the things that we want, even the things that we have been hoping for for a long time the things that we thought would make life meaningful for us researchers who look into this kind of thing say that this happens because we tend to overestimate how good something will be for us we're good maybe at knowing whether it will be pleasant or unpleasant we just aren't good at thinking about how long that's going to last So buying a new car, or moving to a new home, or getting a promotion are pleasant, and the effect does not last as long as we think it will. And there is a flip side, because we are also bad at predicting unhappiness. We avoid a lot of things because we think that the unpleasantness of them will ruin our whole lives. And really, they're just hard for a bit. Getting assigned that bad group at school or being transferred to that department at work or maybe not getting into that college that you wanted to get into don't have as much of a long term negative effect as we think they will. And so when I think about how bad we are at thinking about happiness, and when I think about the psalmist's description of living well as happiness, I wonder if we might be better off aiming for something like fulfilled. And maybe that's even more what the psalmist had in mind. When we go back and look at the Hebrew Uh, For that happiness word, it's not quite happiness. And that's why if you opened your Bible, you might have seen it translated as blessed. Sometimes it's that way in our English. But it's also not quite blessed. It's not the same blessed that we have in other stories. There is something there where people so long ago were also grappling with finding out how we describe meaning in our lives, a happiness that lasts even when kind of that high from a pleasant situation might not last as long as we'd like. And I also think about it uh, for those of us in the US where happiness is woven into our society And I recognize that the psalmist doesn't recommend pursuing happiness at all. For the psalmist, happiness comes to us. But it comes to us when we cultivate it. And again, I'm using that word cultivate on purpose because we have this imagery of a tree and the water and how it bears fruit. For the psalmist, this sense of fulfillment isn't a thing to like hunt down, a thing to chase. It's a thing to nurture. And we nurture it in the choices that we make. This idea of meditating on the law of the Lord, which might seem to be this perfect way of living where you are always sitting quietly and letting the stillness fill your soul is one way to live well but it's likely not the possibility that even the psalmist envisioned even for the psalmist who was clearly so grounded in god's presence and how it called to them. Daily life also called. And so we can look again at what is the sense of the word, and we see that this idea of meditating on God's law also carries this idea of speaking about it, of sharing, of wrestling, even of plotting, Maybe it's not so much about sitting around reading and praying and singing all day. It's about putting God's law or God's dream, as we sometimes say, into practice. And it's why the difference between the wicked, as the psalmist has it, who will blow away in that slightest breeze, The difference between that and the tree, with its deep, nourished roots, is just how they are living. It's what they are practicing to the best that they can each day. For the ones who are nourished, who are deeply rooted, as that opening quote said, they bear fruit, and that fruit feeds others. For the wheat in the wind, the chaff, that same fruit, the grain that they bear, blows away. It's scattered. This question of how to live well, which the psalmist answers by saying, live in alignment with all of the things that are to follow in this book. Do the best you can to sing and say your prayers of joy and of lament, to pay attention to what's happening around and how you participate in that. That's a way of living in which we are nourished while we also nourish others. And I wonder when you have experienced that. I wonder where you have experienced that what you need also lights up someone else. You know, sometimes the thing that is our passion, the thing that we need to give is the thing that needs to be received. That's one of the ways that we find that we are living like a tree. We are being nourished while we also bear fruit. And I think about that particularly again in this time, not just this weekend, But this time where we are as we are beginning to transition out of this pandemic. I wonder what it is, if anything, you have noticed in the past year and some change. What did you miss? What were the things that brought meaning? to whatever your experience was? What were the places where you found connection when the connections that you used to have weren't there? Or when were the times that you realized, "Wow, that's the thing, that's the thing I really want to go back to. The rest of it, it can go, but I want to do this when I can. these shifts in our spirits these ways of having our routines kind of upended and our lives shifted all around has given us a chance to notice these things and before we rush back as eager as i am to rush back it's worth really taking some time to think about the things that we learned to pay attention to the things that nourished us when it was hard, or the places that we longed to feed others. Those are the ways that we can meditate on the law of the Lord, the ways that we can pay attention to the presence of God in this room and in all rooms, and let it fill us.